Hey everybody and welcome to Blue Bros 2. This time it's personal. I am Brandon and with me again is Caleb. So how's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, as we were talking about before we got started, it's cold, but it's okay. I'll make it. How about yourself? <laughs> yeah, we got to both record in areas of our houses that have a wide variety of um, temperatures. Yes. <laughs> You're in your basement. I am in a small little office that doesn't have a vent in it. So We're we, slowly... We're making we sacrifices. We make, yeah, we make it through the extreme elements here. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it hasn't been bad. It's been kind of a kind of a slow week this week, I feel like. And it could be just because of the weather. Yeah, it's definitely been a weird week. Like, uh, I mean, I know my circumstances right now are kind of crazy all over the place, but both my wife and I today were like, I can't believe tomorrow's Friday. It just feels weird. <laughs> so. Yeah, it has been a little um, bizarre of a week. Uh, so what have you been watching lately? So not a whole lot. Been super busy for me this week, just uh, working on a bunch of different projects. So I didn't really watch much as far as new. So I know that I said that I finished uh, Cheers a little while ago. Technically yeah. finished. I mean, because I saw that at the show, so I know how it ends. But um, my wife always has, oh, well, I shouldn't say always, but most of the time has Netflix on with something in the background. And so mm -hmm. now Cheers is the default. So I've we've been watching Cheers. Like we'll be doing stuff around the house, and we'll sit down for like, you know, a twenty minute break or something, and catch an episode, and go back to doing some stuff. Uh, so I've been catching more episodes and wa seeing some things that I missed before. The only thing outside of that, um, a little bit of stand up here or there that's on Netflix. Nothing really yeah. um, specific, but. My wife always enjoys the cooking and baking shows, and I don't know if she's ever watched it before, but she's watching that Zumbo's Dessert or Just Desserts show. Mm. Um, and it's actually pretty interesting. I mean, they do some pretty cool creative stuff. I'm and like, this is some of that stuff where you hear what they put into it, and it sounds like it would taste disgusting, but they say it tastes really good and it looks really good. Yeah, like one of them had. What was it like something turned into a gelatin uh, something really like unappealing i can't remember what it was now and they turned it into a gelatin to put in some kind of a dessert and i said that mm. sounds disgusting and looks disgusting but everybody raved about it i was like what do i know apparently so <laughs> but basically those two shows were this week but what about yourself um lately i've just been watching a lot of kitchen nightmares have you ever watched that Gordon oh, yeah. Ramsay show? Mm -hmm. um, they put like the entire series on Tubi. Okay. So we've we've been going back watching all that. I think we're on like season four right now, but every episode is like an hour long. So it Wait, takes a little is, while to get through. So is that the one where he goes to different restaurants, or is that the one that he hosts and he has the two teams? No, the one he hosts with the two teams is uh, Hell's Kitchen. Okay, that's why I thought. Kitchen Nightmares is where he goes to uh, different restaurants around the United States and tries to fix them like, and make them, yeah. um, you know, put them back on track. Okay, that's that's why I thought, but I wasn't sure. 
Yeah. And it's just funny, some of it. Um, some of it's disgusting, but yeah, pretty oh, yeah. entertaining. Uh, I've been watching it for a while now. I think this is probably my second or third time watching it all the way through. Some episodes I've seen more than once. Uh, I think it was on for like six or seven seasons. Oh, okay. I didn't realize Something that. like that. Yeah, because then he went on and did some other stuff, and they, they stopped doing Kitchen Nightmares. But other than that, really, really nothing other than like a, you know, a few YouTube videos or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I guess, I mean, we got that wrapped up. We might as well move on to our first segment, which is, did you know? So, did you know the weekly off-the-wall, sometimes crazy, sometimes weird facts that we have? Mm -hmm. Uh, And this week, it is your turn. So, what do you got? I've got a pretty interesting one. Uh, So, I know I was talking about sharing one before, but we kind of don't know if we can uh, confirm the legitimacy of it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I decided to kind of scratch that one. This one, I mean, I don't really know how much we could technically prove because of how old it is, but it's too good not to mention, and it is on multiple resources online, so that helps me feel a little bit better about it than if I just read it in one place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but apparently... Um, did you know that one of our early presidents... President John Quincy Adams approved a plan to send an expedition of men to the Arctic. Now, that doesn't sound too crazy. The crazy part is what their purpose was going to be. And the purpose was so that they could burrow to the center of the earth and meet the secret civilization of people who allegedly lived inside. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like a plot for like a Godzilla movie. Like one of the weird ones from the (laughs) sixties. Oh yeah. It automatically made me think of that. um, Oh, that old show, you know, was it world in the center of the earth or uh, lost journey to the center of the earth. Thank you. Uh, Well, that was the movie. Wasn't there, what was the, Lost World or Lost in Time? I can't think of it now. Oh, Land super... of Lost? Land of Lost. Thank you. There we go. That's it. <laughs> um, I know like they weren't purposely trying to get to the center of the earth or to the weird land or whatever it was, but it just that was the first thing that I pictured in my head. So yeah, so apparently this was proposed by an army officer um named John Cleves Sims Jr. And he was convinced that the earth was hollow and wanted to establish trade with the races who inevitably resided inside its core. Oh my gosh, this is just ridiculous. Oh man, I almost feel like we could just do a podcast by itself on the most ridiculous, stupid things that we can find on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um... 
there is kind of a podcast like that that I listen to. It's the Trailer Park Boys podcast. Nice. <laughs> the the whole thing. It's usually about a half hour long, but the whole thing is just like the three main guys from Trailer Park Boys, uh, Ricky, Bubbles, and Julian, like in character, and they just read weird things on the internet. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So like it's them as their characters reacting to things they find on the internet. But <laughs> that it's, sounds it's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. So real quick before moving on to the next thing, the reason why this uh, didn't happen though, was because John Quincy Adams approved the plan, but it took so long to prepare and get ready to carry out that um, Andrew Jackson uh assumed the presidency and then of course when he came in he vetoed the uh expedition so <laughs> jackson came in and he's like wait what <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh he's he's probably like why would we go to the center of the earth when it's flat <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh jeez oh, yeah this is funny with um you know, the changes in technology and just the things we know with science now that how looking back on that just makes it sound crazy. But at the time, people were probably just like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> For your health. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, with that, we can move on to our main topic. Oh, do we want to make a quick mention about the change at the beginning and at oh, the end? Yeah. yeah. All right. So it's happened, ladies and gentlemen. The change is coming. I don't know if I have... I don't have that sound. So changes might be coming on the soundboard someday. I know I always say that. But this is uh, the thing that we've been talking about for a little while. Um, I wanted to take a moment to mention it near the beginning so that just in case like people miss out of that. Uh, we are going to be going through a name change for the podcast. Um... And so either next episode or the episode after that, we will be completely transitioned where the entertainment podcast will be on its own channel. It will still be found on anchor and things like that, but will be on its own channel. Um, so you will not be going back to the blue bros channel or landing page. Um, and the name change is going to be, Rock video rental. Rental? Rentals. Rock. Rental. Okay. <laughs> all, all of a sudden I said it and I was like, shoot, I can't remember if it was plural or not. There you go. Rock video. <laughs> yes. That that was the uh, big, big ta-da moment. So. Um, but yeah, so we decided, I mean, cause we always get a kick out of, uh, the eighties throwbacks retro and things like that. So you'll see the new logo. Um, and whenever we make the full transition, we'll start referring to it as rock video rental instead of blue brothers Two. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, and you know, I mean, we'll have information out there. So our regular listeners should be able to find it pretty easily. And I think that we'll maybe be able to uh, brand ourselves better. And uh, I don't know if advertise the word I'm looking for. I was thinking of something else, but advertise Market. ourselves. 
Thank you. Mark ourselves yeah. more clearly. There we go. So there you have it. Anything else to add, Brandon? Or uh, No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, if you guys followed uh, Blue Brothers 2 on Twitter, you'd already see that everything was changed over. Yeah, you got a sneak peek. Yeah. So... All right. Well, if you're if you're ready, then I'm ready. All right, I am ready to dive in. So let's move on to the main topic. Hey, everybody. This is Caleb from Blue Bros. Wanted to take a moment to talk to you real quick and tell you a little bit more about Anchor. You can download the Anchor app today or go to Anchor.fm. This is a great place to host your podcast. We have been on different platforms before and we have moved to anchor and we are super excited about this. It is such an easy way to do your podcast. You can do it from a computer. You can do it from a phone. All of it can be done for free. Learn more about what you can do with podcasting with anchor today by downloading the anchor app or going to anchor.fm to get started. And the topic for the week is the 1991 movie Oscar directed by John Landis. And the plot is a gangster attempts to keep the promise he made to his dying father that he would give up his life of crime and go straight. Uh, The movie stars Sylvester Stallone as Angelo Snaps Provolone, which is a beyond ridiculous name. (laughs) Ornella Booty as Sophia Provolone, Tim Curry as Dr. Poole, Marissa Tomei as Lisa Provolone, and Don Amenchi as Father Clementine. There are many other characters in this. Uh, these were probably the biggest names, I would say. Yeah. Um, and there are plenty most... of beyond ridiculous things to this movie, if you have not seen oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so I guess we can get into the things that happen here in this movie. Um, you know, it starts off, we get, you know, like I mentioned in a plot, um, pro, uh, Snaps' uh, dad is passing away, he's in his deathbed, and he asks him to go straight. His his dad is played by Kirk Douglas, who oh. Caleb informed me before the episode that he recently just passed away, which is pretty crazy. I guess. Yeah. Well, the first crazy part was we almost recorded the day he passed away. But then the crazy part was we both thought he was already passed away. And then we found out that when he passed away, he was 103 years old. Yeah. So definitely a full life for Mr. Douglas. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, after that, we kind of get the to see like the present day i suppose um you know this whole thing is based in the what was it 30s. based in the 30s yep. yeah and uh you know basically see sylvester stallone as snaps in his huge house he's got um and like the first thing that happens is that he, he meets this guy 
who says he wants to marry his daughter. Little Anthony. Yeah, little little Anthony. <laughs> um, and you know he goes through the conversation with him and everything, and he's just like, "You stole money from me." He's like, "Yeah, but I stole it to um, give to your daughter once we're married." And you know he feels a little bit better about that, and um, he's like, "Okay, so you can provide for my daughter and." Um, basically he's like, I want to see the money up front to make sure you have it. And he's like, well, I I don't have it in cash. Like I put it into jewels because of the depression and all that kind of stuff. So he has him go get the bag. And while little Anthony goes off to go get the bag of jewels that he has, um, snaps goes and talks to his daughter and his daughter is played by uh, Marissa Tomei. And she's saying, like, oh, I, I really want to marry him. I'm in love with him. And um, I, I can't see him being cooped up here all the time. You, And, you know, uh, Snaps is like, he's fully against it. And he's uh, like, no daughter of mine is going to be marrying this random guy. I tried to set you up with this other guy who was rich and you didn't want anything to do with him, blah, blah, blah. And um, he storms out. And then she's talking to, I, I can't, who is she talking to? Like a friend or something? The maid. The maid, okay. She's yeah. talking to the maid and she's talking like, um, he won't let me marry him and I'm in love with him and uh, he's going to keep me locked up here forever. And she, The maid tells her like, hey, maybe if you say that you're pregnant, then he'll like force you to marry <laughs> this guy. So, you know, that people don't like think anything of it. They won't say that you had it out of wedlock or anything like that. So, um, she decides to use that. Um, I don't, if you want to take a little bit from here. Yeah. Since so, seen, I, you know, full transparency, this is the first time I've ever seen this movie. And it's a very <laughs> hard movie to keep track of. Because there's yeah. so many little twists and turns and things that happen and misunderstandings. Yeah. Um, and I know you've seen it quite a few times. So if you want to take a little bit of it. Yeah. And um, I'll have to explain part of the reason why I've seen it uh, on multiple occasions. But um, yes, this so this movie, I was just going to say that for context, is very all over the place. But one of the things that makes it the most tricky is that probably 90, almost maybe 95% of the movie takes place in his house. So it's hard to keep track of the progression. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very, uh, it's one of Stallone's what two comedies. And it's very much probably three. I think he has like three comedies because he has this stop or my mom will shoot and rhinestone. Okay, rhinestone. Yeah, you, and you, you, none of those are really well known, like well known for being good movies. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll try to not get too in depth with it because the story goes pretty deep. Like there's a bunch of like rabbit trails and things like that. Um, but it's it's kind of like a sitcom. Uh, you've got all this, um, and credit to uh, Brandon for kind of explaining it that way. Um, because it's very lighthearted, all this cheesy, cheeky humor, you know, slapstick comedy and dad jokes like everywhere. Um, so 
yeah, after Anthony, no, we just ended with uh, the daughter being told that she should just say that she's pregnant. So the daughter tries to use that tactic um, that she's pregnant so that she can marry the man that she wants to. And during this whole time, like everything, everyone's kind of separated. And Stallone, as Snaps Provolone, is kind of going in between everybody and getting all different parts of the story. Um, and so she pretends to be pregnant. Uh, and then in this conjunction of time, he learns that uh, there's this a girl that comes to her house and says that, I apologize, Miss Provolone, but I told somebody that I was your daughter and not really your daughter. And so then the story starts coming together where it's like, okay, so Anthony wants to marry this girl who's not his daughter. And now he's trying to figure out who his daughter is supposedly pregnant by. <laughs> and so he's doing all that juggling and all this back and forth on trying to figure that out. She comes out and says that it's Oscar. There's the title of the movie who was their chauffeur. And uh, that is uh, found out by jumping through a lot of uh, hoops and things like that. And all of this is going down on the day that he's trying to become a bank executive and officially like become not a gangster. So he's got all these different people coming. He's supposed to be having somebody come to fit him for a suit. And then he's going to have bankers coming later and a couple other people who are going to be stopping by. So he's got all these people who are going to be coming by. And so he doesn't know what to do because the guy, Anthony, who's his accountant, uh, siphoned off some money to give to his who he thought was his daughter. And he goes through the circumstances of trying to obtain the money from Anthony without revealing to Anthony that the girl that he loves is not actually Stallone's daughter. And uh, if you can think of just kind of dumb, ridiculous things that you'll see in a sitcom, I mean, that's what they're playing off here. <laughs> During this whole, uh, these whole circumstances, there are police who are monitoring his house um, because they're trying to catch him and uh, in some illegal activity and then arrest him. And they've been complaining about how dead it's been because it's a month since his dad died and he hasn't been doing anything and they don't realize that he's going straight. And with all the people coming in and out of the house and Anthony comes and goes with the bag of jewels, which turns into then a bag of money. Then uh, another point in time, somebody leaves with a bag, uh, the maid moves out and she has a bag that all looks the same. So they think that he's laundering money through this whole day. And the lead police officer is Toomey, uh, who is, what's his name? I'm sorry. He's played by Kurt Wood Smith, who was Red Foreman on that 70s show. Yeah. So plenty of recognizable actors in here. Um, so the cops are constantly trying to catch him. Um, the There's so much. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing such a poor job at this, but there's just so much to say with this movie. Um the people come to fit him for a suit, and um, Anthony is convinced that St uh, Stallone will not do anything to hurt him because he's trying to go straight. So then mm -hmm. Stallone uses the two gentlemen who are fixing his suit, who are two Italian gentlemen called the Fenucci brothers, 
and he pretends to play it off that they are hitmen. And he said, Hey, I might not kill you, but these guys will. Yeah. Uh, so did you so do you know who the the Fiducci brothers are? Uh, um did you did you know who the, the shorter one is? Yes. Um yeah, I, um he, he's he's played by Harry Shear, mm-hmm. who does like probably 70% of the voiceover work on the Simpsons. But he's the voice of Homer Simpson. Oh, yes. And he was also Derek Smalls in This is Spinal Tap. Um, okay. He's he's done a lot. Like his voiceover work is amazing. Um I saw him on Conan O'Brien one time and he did like six or seven different voices just from the Simpsons, like having a conversation with each other. And yeah. it's crazy. Just like, even just how his um, facial expressions change. But anyway, yeah. If, if you guys know who Harry Shear is, uh, that kind of gives you an idea of what's going on and who he is. Yeah. So, uh, they're just, their personalities are just quirky and they work. I mean, uh, they work fantastic together. So that dynamic happens, um, and then the next uh, group that shows up at, or person who shows up at Stallone's house is a, oh man, I can't remember. He's a um, educated speech therapist, I think mm-hmm. was uh, what his title was, and this is Tim Curry, and uh, I mean, he does a fantastic job with the role, as he does with most everything, and um, he's there to give... Uh, Stallone a elocution lesson uh, so that he can speak more properly with the bankers who are coming later that day. And so uh, at this stage, Anthony learns that um, who he thought was Stallone's daughter was not in fact his daughter and he wound up signing a contract about giving the money over to Stallone's daughter when they get married. So essentially he like was legally saying he was going to marry Stallone's daughter. And so Stallone pins him with his real daughter who he thinks is pregnant. Anthony, obviously being upset with this, tries to get out of it and is trying to find anybody for um, his daughter, whose name is Lisa, um, to marry. And so he tries to get Dr. Poole, who is significantly older, interested in Lisa he winds up making making both of them think that the other is in love with um, uh, the other, and they wind up, you know, hitting it off. Success for Anthony. So then, uh, and during that whole thing, he lost the original girl that he was in love with, and so he goes off to try to fight and win her back. And so then, uh, another person who shows up is the father who was there when his father uh stallone's dad passed away he doesn't really have a big role um and then the next main person that shows up is somebody from the maid service because they lost their maid that day and she moved out and she had that bag that we referred to earlier Mm -hmm. Um, turns out Stallone knew the maid and they originally worked for the same gangster when they were younger. She was like a maid for him and Stallone was like a driver or henchman for the mob guy. And it comes out that, uh, and they had a a romantic relationship comes out that she disappeared and Stallone never knew why. And it's because she actually got pregnant with Stallone's kid 
who winds up being the girl who pretended to be Stallone's daughter. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and so then the whole thing just comes f- full circle. They realize that. And, um, and this all happens right when the bankers show up. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the house. And the bankers are already worried about doing uh, work with a former gangster. Uh, but because of the depression and everything, they feel like they have no other choice. And so they come in and they try to do business with them. And then this is actually by the time that the police are like, okay, too much stuff has been going on. These different people in there, something's got to be going on. Money laundering, gang dealing, something is going on. So they decided to crash in and try to pin something on um, Sylvester Sloan's character. And so they bust in on the bankers being as house. The bankers are like, go figure. We try to working with the mobster and then the police get involved. And um, to me, the detective is uh, convinced that they're all gangsters. He looks at their IDs and it shows that they're like bankers and they're associated with the policeman's ball and like they're legit people. And he said, um, and so he had no evidence. So then he decided, okay, I'm going to get that bag that was going in and out of here with money. And, you know, that's going to pin you with laundering money. So the of the multiple bags going around and everything, there's one bag left in the house at that time. They get it, and it winds up being the mat, the maid's clothes and luggage bag. And so when he opens it, all it is is like women's underwear. And uh, he's embarrassed, and he storms out. And then Stallone decides not to work with the bankers. He's mad at the situation, of course. He decides to... Uh, go back to working uh, like being a gangster because that's what he's good at and he's just kind of like I try to do my best dad this is just kind of the way it is and that leads us to the pinnacle of the movie where it ends with both of Stallone's daughters getting married uh, having a joint wedding so his original daughter marrying the Dr. Poole and then his newly found daughter marrying the Anthony character and it comes to the cliche moment where um, the priest says, if anybody has any objections, speak now or forever hold your peace. And the door busts open and a guy tells them to stop. And this is like a new character. Nobody knows who he is. And they're just like, who are you? And he says, I'm Oscar. <laughs> and then they kick him out of the wedding. And that's it for the character Oscar. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> so the whole movie being premised around the character Oscar and this dude shows up at the end for like two seconds. And the another funny thing about him and his character is that that's the only movie he was ever in. Yeah. And that was like he was the movie was named after his character and his character was only in the movie for like 30 seconds. Kind of like the Scorpion King. What was it <laughs> yeah. um, the the mummy too? Yes. The, about the Scorpion. The yes. Mummy returns. Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole story was about the Scorpion King and like the rock doesn't show up until basically the end of it. <laughs> and, and he wasn't even real. He was CGI. Yeah. And it was terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. It was like PlayStation two style graphics, Mortal Kombat annihilation style graphics. Mm-hmm. So one thing before we jump into like the general conversation about the movie that I just kind of want to mention is this so there's all these famous actors in here 
I mean, Sylvester Stallone is in it. And it was kind of in the midst of, you know, him being well-known. Because we're talking about uh, already being well-known, being 1991. But this movie really, I mean, I don't know very many people that even know about the movie, let alone having watched the movie. Just because it was a bomb. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but, like, even besides that, like, I'm, it's surprising that, like, some people aren't at least familiar with it. So it's just kind of interesting that it's... I mean, I know most of the movies that we've done are like B movies or like really, you know, sometimes we watch just go for like the really bad cheesy ones. And yeah. this one is te- out of most everything we've watched, like really well done. Technically, mm-hmm. um, the filming's really good audio scripting, like a bunch of really good stuff, good acting. But it's just so out of character for Sylvester Stallone to do and like next to nobody knows about it. And so that's, this is actually one of the, my few recommendations so far that we've watched. Um, Cause most of the ones have come from Brandon so far, but yeah, I uh, just to give you like kind of some context where if you guys are watching these movies with us, this is probably going to be one of the better put together ones. So. Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, and like I mentioned, it it was a bomb. Um, Bad. Bomb. We were talking about it the other day, and I said to you, "I'm like, man, most of the, most of the budget of this movie must have went towards like paying the actors mm-hmm. because of all the big name actors, all the different characters that are in it. Um, you know, because there wasn't like any special effects. Um, there wasn't really much for. Uh, you know, locations. I mean, it was mostly all in this house that Snaps lives in. You know, there's all the different rooms, and they show the outside of the building and that kind of stuff, but really, compared to most movies, there wasn't many locations in it. So, the budget for the movie was $35 million, and it made $23.5 million Yeah. Domestically. Ouch. <laughs> Yeah, so it it was a bomb. Um but you know, like sometimes those can be can be good movies. Um Yeah, well and, the Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. What were you going to say? Oh, well, I was going to say and I'm sure that you were going to mention this somehow at some point. It's just like the critics practically hated this movie. Like I went back and you can actually find some stuff from 91 that people wrote about it. And one guy was just like wanting to declare this as the worst movie of the year. Um, and I feel like that's a bit of a stretch. But um, then you look at what the viewers say, um, and a lot of people like the movie, actually. Mm-hmm. So what was the one that we just watched that was just like that, where the critics like absolutely bombed it and uh, the viewers thought it was really great? What was that one? I can't remember. It was Rad, wasn't it? I think so. Because Rad had like a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. And like a 1%. Which is insane. Yeah, it was something super small for critics. Oh, no, there wasn't even a critic score. And then like the audience score was a 93% or something ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can give out the the grade for it right now. Okay. Um, so for Oscar on Rotten Tomatoes, it had a twelve percent critic score, 
which is it that's that's rough <laughs> <laughs> and the audience score was a lot better it was at 63 yeah which isn't like amazing but honestly like i mean you know i've seen plenty of movies that have been rated at 63 and i thought they've been pretty good so yeah and the imdb score is right around the same it's a 6.5 mm-hmm. which you know i was a little surprised i thought it would be rated a little bit lower um did you, you know, actually because i know how, i know how rough imdb can be on movies yeah uh, I actually randomly decided to go to Amazon too, because mm-hmm. um, they rate DVDs on there and everything. And this has four point seven out of five, and so eighty-six <laughs> percent of seven hundred and eighty-nine ratings are five star. Mm. So I mean, again, like you just see the people—people people who have actually watched the just your typical viewer who's actually watched the movie are were actually really pleased with it so yeah i feel like it's probably one of those movies where either you love it or you hate it yes absolutely or just you know dislike it um i mean we could talk a little more more about it uh you mentioned before that you thought the acting was pretty good it's funny because i thought some of the acting was kind of rough in this movie <laughs> oh yeah so, some apps absolutely was but i was thinking like overall like the level of acting, like the average level, like if you took it from top to bottom, I feel like it was, you know, more because you had, you know, the gangster accents and attitudes and like some some of these actors that you normally see. And I mean, some of them are taken from roles that you normally see from like mob movies and things like that. And they're doing these comedic um roles and they do a decent job at it i wouldn't say like they crush and smash out of the park but um i was just kind of saying from comparing it to most of the movies which most of the movies we watch are you know the ones that are you know in rough shape to begin with but yeah um so i thought the guy that played anthony vincent spano i thought he did the best job of anybody in this movie yeah Mm -hmm. i thought he was pretty solid um Stallone, I feel like, struggled a little bit, and he was pretty wooden. Um, I guess it's just because he's so far out of his element. Yeah. The one thing I, that I got to give him credit, though, for, because I'm pretty sure, is this the first of his three um, comedy movies? No, it's the second. Uh, Rhinestone okay. was the first one. Okay. I have no reference to Rhinestone, so I don't know what he did, but with all his other stuff, I mean... He's he's the action hero guy, you know. He's always mm-hmm. serious. He really never smiles. He did it, he his um voice and his uh how he does his different dynamics may have not been amazing, but I thought his visual facial expressions were actually pretty good considering you never really see it other than him being angry or just no expression at all. Yeah, I thought, you know, that kind of stuff is good. I just mm-hmm. thought like his um you know, the way he, his, his lines were kind of rough at times, if that makes sense. His line de- delivery. Yeah. Execution. A lot of it felt yep. like forced in like a little, you could tell like he might've been reading or something or sounded like he was reading. Yeah. Um, and uh, who else? Uh, you know, Kurtwood Smith as uh, Lieutenant Toomey. I, you know, I thought he was pretty good. 
he's usually pretty good movies and i feel like he's kind of overlooked just because he had such an iconic role as red foreman yeah in that 70s show um one of them that you can watch and go back and look at and like wow he was good in that is robocop yeah his job is 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 clarence boddicker the the main villain like he was great in that movie and people just kind of forget about that until you go back and watch it like oh my god that's red foreman yeah <laughs> um, the one I was really kind of surprised with was Marissa Tomei. Usually, she's a very good actress, and I feel like I don't know, like if it was just her character because she played Lisa. I don't know yeah. if it was just her character or whatnot, but I just thought she was bad in this movie, and it was one of her early movies. I mean, this is before she did My Cousin Vinny. Yeah, yeah, I was going to mention that. I know this was one of her first movies um and also she played a very annoying character too so <laughs> yeah so i don't know if it was just like you know part of the character i mean if that was just part of the character then i guess she did a pretty good job but i don't know i guess i'm seeing her i'm more used to seeing her now and like her ability because have you ever seen the movie the wrestler With no the actually i have not she's in that and she does a great job in that movie yeah um, but yeah, it's just like night and day compared like those two movies together. Um, and yeah, you know, I mentioned how Harry Shearer is uh, the one Fanucci brother. The other one, do you know who that actor is? Um, recognized, but I can't remember exactly from what. He is the guy who played the lawyer in Jurassic Park. The guy gets eaten on the toilet. <laughs> yes, there we go. That's it. Nice. I know. I kept looking at that guy like while I was watching this. I'm like, gosh, he looks familiar. <laughs> I looked it up and I'm like, oh my god, that's the guy that gets eaten off the toilet on Jurassic Park. That's awesome. Iconic, right there. Wow. I never put that together, and I've seen this yeah. multiple times. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the plot and everything to this movie was pretty interesting. Um, I thought the the camera work and you know, the way, the way they handled the, the multiple locations inside the house and how it related to where they were at in the house, was, where they were done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the thing I'll say following that up is I don't know if anyone could have effectively debriefed this movie very well with all the moving parts. But when you watch it, they do a really good job of, like, the progression and the things. And they... Some of it, they're deliberately trying to kind of spin you in circles, but at the same time, I feel like they do a good, effective job at doing it, though, of, like, all the different moving parts. So I don't think we could, anyone could do it justice on all the different, because there there are so many things that we didn't even bring up because it would just make it more complicated to understand. Yeah. I feel like everything like that was handed well, um... I don't know. Just I had a hard time with this movie because like I told you after I watched it, I'm like, ah, it was all right. I don't think I'll watch it again. Um, It was entertaining in parts and other parts. It just, I don't know. I just, it wasn't meshing with me, I guess. Oh yeah. It's, it's dry. It's cheesy. It's like old sitcom, like you had said. So yeah. And it's in a movie form though too. So it's like, you're trying to, and I don't know if they deliberately were going for a sitcom feel, but it's like you're going, you have this sitcom feeling movie, 
without mm-hmm. being able to develop the characters like you would in a TV show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but I mean, that being said, like you know, it wasn't definitely wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it wasn't like the worst comedy I've seen, even from like that era. But uh, I don't know if you want to talk about some of your favorite scenes or ones that stood out to you. What do you got? Um, I'll, I'll take a quick moment to kind of explain a little bit of my background with this movie. Um, just because since I was the one who recommended it. So this movie came out in 91. I cannot remember when I watched it, but, um, I want to say it might've been my first Sylvester Stallone movie just because my family was not an action movie family. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, uh, I remember, you know, I'd seen some things maybe on TV or whatever. You watch part of the action movies and everything. I knew who Sloan was. I knew he was an action guy. So when there was a movie that my parents wanted to watch that was with Sylvester Sloan, I was excited as a little kid. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I definitely like some of the jokes at the age that I watched it were kind of above my head, but I mean, it was funny, enjoyed it, whatever. My mom, like, shockingly for whatever reason thought the movie was great and i wouldn't say it's like one of her favorite movies but she's always said that she highly enjoys it um yeah but so that's kind of my experience with it where like my after we watched it my mom wound up owning it and so i watched it a couple times and things like that um so this i and that's the thing where i know this isn't normally sylvester sloan but this was almost kind of like my introduction to it because it was actually something that my parents watched. And so that was how I first got exposed to Sylvester Sloan. Um, that being said, the movie as a whole, um, yeah, not, not the greatest thing. If you like, um, cheeky kind of slapstick comedy and everything, you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's definitely entertaining. I mean, we've said that about most of the movies where you can actually watch it and, you know, after you're done with it, you're not going to be like, Oh my gosh, I wasted my time. Um, but <laughs> don't expect it to be at like anything that you've ever seen from Sylvester Sloan before. Um, what was I going to say was some of the acting, the, f- the filming was good. Um, I don't know. Uh, hopefully I'm not going to steal some stuff from you with like your, did you know, and trivia, but one interesting thing with it was that it was the first feature to be shot at the MGM Disney studio in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> yeah. That was the first one I had, but yeah, oh, really? that's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Stolen. Um, so just, uh, I don't know. It's, there's another movie that we're going to watch too, at some point, whenever we can find it. Um, if anybody's familiar with the movie Johnny Dangerously, and I feel kind of weird about it because they're two of the first movies that I recommended because they're not they're not very well known, but they have famous actors in them, and oddly enough, they're both mob gangster movies. So um, I just kind of realized that in thinking and talking about that. Um, but yeah, I. I've recommended this to people throughout the years, not not as like a high recommendation, but it's just like, hey, did you know Sylvester Sloan made a decent comedy movie? And if anybody ever thinks of anything, uh, 
most of the time it's stop or my mom will shoot, which not many <laughs> people have seen that either. But I'm just like, no, there, he was in a gangster movie called Oscar. So then they find it kind of interesting and then some people check it out. But yeah, it, um, the one of the last things I think I'll say before we kind of go into uh, some of the trivia and different things that you do to close it out. Uh, one of these reviews from back in 91, <laughs> Oscar flops gangbusters. Um, th- there's this line that I just have to read because I find it pretty hilarious. This uh, guy says, Stallone is to humor what John Goodman is to ballet. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's hilarious so i thought i was just like okay that's that's pretty good so <laughs> in the least uh, in the least if you watch this movie i feel like you're gonna watch it and you're gonna be like oh my gosh this actor's in it. oh my gosh this actor like you'll go through the movie and you'll just be surprised i mean we already told you that tim curry shows up but like by that time you're like going through and you're like oh i recognize that guy i recognize that guy oh that's a well-known one and then it's just like it almost like gets uh, the capstone of having uh, Tim Curry in it. And you're just like, hold, like, like you said, like how much of the budget was just alone on the paying for the actors. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's probably good to have for me to mention. I'm not a big Tim Curry fan. I'm probably one of like the few people in the world that don't really care too much for him i i you know i didn't really care too much for robin williams either and people thought i was crazy for that all right now hold on <laughs> by by the way you say didn't care too much for are you saying like you're more on the side of you don't like or you're just kind of like indifferent eh, i don't care whatever it is what i he kind of annoys me at times okay yeah like, I, 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 I could appreciate sometimes how you know he's he dives into a role and he you know, gives everything he's got to every role he's in, but there's just something about him that just rubs me the wrong way. I don't care for him. Yeah, I can see that. I I would not at all say like I'm a huge Tim Curry fan, but I do think that he's really good at what he does, and um, haven't enjoyed him in some movies I've watched. Probably, maybe, possibly his best role ever was Muppet Treasure Island. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I, and I've expressed my disdain with that movie in the past. I know. I, I that's why I had to say it. I was just kidding that that was his best performance. But uh, since you gave the fact about MGM Disney, um, I can give a couple more that I got here. Okay. So in the early '80s, this movie was originally proposed as another project for director John Landis, um, and it was going to originally have John Belushi as Angelo Snaps Provolone. That would have been weird. Which would have been weird and interesting. Uh, the project was abandoned once Belushi passed away, uh, and then it was brought back later. Um, this time with Stallone as the lead. Uh, and during an awards ceremony where they gave a nod to Kirk Douglas for his career after he retired, uh, Sylvester Stallone recalled filming the scene where uh, Douglas hit Stallone in the face. After he tells him to go straight, um, I guess after a swing and a miss, Stallone jokingly told Kirk Douglas to slap him hard. He's like, "So let me have your best." Where Douglas proceeded to like smack Stallone so hard, so hard it made him silly. <laughs> <laughs> and Stallone says, 
uh, I learned the hard way never spar with Spartacus <laughs> because Kirk Douglas played Spartacus in the movie Spartacus. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the last one I've got, which kind of like makes sense for how this movie's set up. This movie is based on a 1958 French play called Oscar. Yeah. So it was originally a play. So it kind of makes sense with how everything's laid out and how things happen in such a small area. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did you have any more? Those are all that I have. Okay. There were kind of a couple other things. One that I was uh, found very interesting because it was, uh, it was a little funny because my mom actually picked up on it when we watched the movie the first time. And yeah. of course, I'm not expecting you or I to know this or most anyone who's listening. But apparently, um, uh, very early on in the movie, when the Anthony and the character Anthony shows up at the house, um, it, they open the door and they greet him and they say, oh, well, if it isn't little Anthony. And then they look behind him and he drove his car and they say, oh, and it's his Imperial and his Imperial. Apparently back in the 50s, there was a band called Lil Anthony and the Imperials. So they were doing kind of like a small, like hidden joke there. Yeah. Um, and I just remember we were watching it and my mom cracked up and she's like, oh, that's that's a band. So um, <laughs> that's that's one of those weird random ones that I knew for a long time. But um, there was another one. Uh, And did you know that Kirk Douglas and Sylvester Stallone were in uh, Rambo together? Um, I didn't know that Kirk Douglas was in it. Douglas originally started out as the Colonel. Oh, okay. um, But then he quit after, um, and I don't know if we've talked about this. I can't remember after the dispute Uh, on whether Rambo should live or die at the end of the movie. Yeah. I, yeah, I actually heard that before. Uh, He was supposed to be Colonel Trotman. Yeah. And then they replaced him with the other guy who actually, you know, he did a really good job in that movie too. Yeah. Kirk Douglas probably would have done great too, but that's just interesting. He was so adamant about the end of the movie that, that, they said it did. Uh, I mean, obviously, quit. That didn't really end on good terms. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that they had technically worked together before. So, but. so kind of a funny thing that I found too um, that I just remembered. Um, so Marissa Tomei played the daughter of Ornella Muti in this movie. Mm-hmm. So Muti was born in 1955 and is only nine years older than Marissa Tomei. which is kind of funny because i thought too like watching this and like you know stallone's wife in this looks pretty young to be having a daughter that old yeah that's interesting Uh, do you have any more facts or anything um i don't think so i think i'm good okay then I can move on to my little segment here, which I call Hanks for Nothing. Um, so I try to, every time we do a movie, I try to find some way that I can tie it back to Tom Hanks. And this one was actually kind of difficult for all the big name actors that were in it. Wow. Hmm. It was, I had a little hard of a time, 
Um, but the one I did find is Art LaFleur is in this, and he plays Officer Quinn. Um, he's a kind of a, a recognizable character actor. He's he's one of those, oh, it's that guy in movies. Yeah. Like, you know, um, you know, there's a few that pop in my head. Uh, and for some reason, I'm blanking on names right now. What was but, his name again? Uh, I'm sorry. Art LaFleur. Okay. He played, he was Babe Ruth in the dream sequence that Benny had in the Sandlot. Oh, yeah. So, um, anyway, so he is in this movie as Officer Quinn. He was also in the 1985 movie, The Man with One Red Shoe, starring Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That uh, was a, how far of a reach I had to go through, because I was going through like everybody's uh, filmography and everything, and you know, check it out some of the main actors, like if they had any relations somehow with Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. or if they ever did like a TV show with them or anything. And man, it was, it was a little tough. Interesting. Yeah. They should make a new uh, cop movie with Stallone and Tom Hanks being partners. <laughs> <laughs> a buddy cop movie. That'd be almost like um, the other guys. Yeah. Where, you know, um, Stallone would be like the Mark Wahlberg tough guy cop. And then uh, Tom Hanks would be like the straight laced uh, Will Ferrell type. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I really want to see Tom Hanks do a comedy again. Yeah. Because he hasn't really done a comedy since the 80s. Oh man, now, now you're, you've got me curious. I want to look at this. I was thinking about it one day and I'm like, I can't remember the last time Tom Hanks did a comedy. Because, I mean, Forrest Gump had its comedic moments in it, but it's not a comedy, it's a drama. Yeah, I'm trying to think. And I'm not super familiar. Whoa, wait a minute. What's... Oh, I don't want producer. Show me actor. Um, I'm trying to think. Because <laughs> uh, uh, well, I don't. Why I... you look for that? Um, well, would I you? Mean, well, we could talk I mean... about Tom Hanks forever. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, anyway, so I know I give the the IMDb score a six point five, and the, you know the Rotten Tomatoes scores earlier. But uh, what would your grade be for this movie out of five? Uh, I'm a little bit torn. Um, I think I think I'm gonna go to four out of five though um because it was between three and four okay because um, i i do recognize i mean you know it's not groundbreaking or anything but i mean out of character for stallone uh definitely not like a home run but enjoyable i mean uh one of the basis of, you know, most movies in my case are, is like, okay, is it entertaining? And did I waste my time? Um, and like I said, I mean, I've, since I've watched it a couple times and I mean, I still enjoy watching it, um, when I do. So I, I think I'll go to four, like we're, we're talking like just getting there where I'll go ahead and give it a four out of five. Rock. Uh, mine isn't quite that high. Like I said, um, you know, I struggled with this movie at times. Um, I there was some things I did appreciate in it, and you know I liked seeing Stallone kind of out of his element. Um, mm-hmm. You know whether I thought he was good at it or not, um, 
I mean, he had, you know, he had some moments, like you said, with his, just like his physical acting in it, more than just like his line delivery. Um, you know, I was impressed with some of that, but, you know, I ended up giving it a two out of five. Ooh. So, you know, just like a little bit below kind of just like medium for me, but you know, I couldn't really give it to anything higher. It definitely wasn't a one. So, um, it, you know, it might be something I, I revisit down the road. Um, might not be, I'm, you know, I'm not sure at this moment, but like I said, there was things that I did appreciate with it. Uh, there was one scene that I kind of chuckled at. So the part where Anthony's playing the piano, Oh yeah, and the two brothers come over and they start playing it, and he's really not paying attention. And like that whole scene was like really weird to me, and I'm like, okay, this is bizarre. And I was like, this is kind of dumb. But then it's right when he realizes who, like, who's playing a piano with him, and he jumps back like all scared, and they don't have any clue of what's going on. That kind of made me laugh because they're just like, what? (laughs) Like we were just like, you know, just thinking we're just enjoying your music. We got to join in with you. (laughs) Yeah. No, that was uh, that was pretty funny. Um, this is the first two you've given anything, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I think this is the lowest grade I've given one so far, and I felt bad because it was like <laughs> it was really the first movie that you suggested suggested that wasn't like a joint suggest suggestion. Yeah, man, I'm not struggling with that word tonight, but um, struggling, struggle. Yeah, because I mean, we've had a couple where we're both like. Yeah, we should review review that movie sometime, and then yeah. we review it. <laughs> so. Gosh, you just hate everything I like. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think it's a little bit different though, too, because I mean, uh, that's part of the reason why I gave the background a little bit because I realized, like, when I was younger, I mean, well, to a certain degree in 1991, I'm yeah, definitely not going to be watching action movies or anything, but like my phasing into some of the movies that you uh really were familiar with and have been watching since like you were quite a bit younger i know that i kind of came in behind that Mm -hmm. um and so some of these cheesy corny comedy things are like johnny dangerously too i feel like you're probably gonna um react the same way to that one yeah um, where we do wind up watching it but it's just like I think I'm giving it a little bit from the aspect of one. I don't think it's as bad as like, you know, the critics claiming it to be potentially the worst movie of the year, but then also um, just, you know, remembering it from how long ago it was. And when I watched it, when I I was a kid, because yeah, when you're a kid, you can say something was good and you go back and watch it and you're just like, okay, it's not as good as I thought, but Mm -hmm. so, but yeah, you know, um, I'll get some more of your suggestions in here so you can redeem yourself with me. No, I'm I'm done. I'm done, man. No more. This is this is the Brandon movie podcast. We're not we're not no more recommendations from Caleb. Done. Which is kind of funny because our next segment coming up is suggestions. <laughs> How's that for transition? Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny. It's my turn for suggestions. 
and I forgot to put anything down in my notes. But one thing that I was telling you about that I never told anybody else on the show about um, is the new Netflix documentary series, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez. Ah, yes. Um, They just released that uh, probably about a month ago, I think. Um, It goes with some in-depth detailing about, you know, Aaron Hernandez, the, you know, former Patriots tight end, about his, you know, his upbringing, his life, and then what led to the murder charges he faced for Odin Lloyd. Um, And then there was two other guys that were outside of a nightclub that he was um, accused of. And, you know, it kind of goes on with the trials and everything and everything that led up to his suicide just, gosh, what was that, like 2018, something like that, I think? Uh, yeah, something like that. It was right around there. Um, really interesting. Kind of gives you, like, an insight of, you know, maybe how his mind worked and things that kind of led to him snapping. Mm-hmm. And just, it was like the the double life that he lived. It was, it, it was really interesting. So if you guys are into true crime, if you're into um, even like documentary series, you know, even like the ESPN 30 for 30 stuff, I would say this is right on par with those. Um, yeah. Really interesting. And it had a lot of audio from like phone calls he had within like inside prison. Like during the whole trial and all that kind of stuff, talking with his mom, talking with his lawyer, his friends, that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's a. I would say that's a pretty good suggestion if you guys are into that kind of stuff. So our last segment, which we always do, is our movie quotes. I can never remember who went last. Uh-huh. Um, do you want to go first? Sure. All right. All right. So we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to, this is kind of going with transitioning into the new thing, trying to find little ways that we can change things up, you know, make improvements. Um, and so we're actually going to take the quote directly from the movie and put it into the podcast so you guys can hear what the quote is. So uh, my quote is going to be coming to you from, and we kind of forgot we were talking about, and we didn't do it this time. So we'll have to make this kind of our next step too, where we kind of pick a subject or genre or some kind of thing. Like, okay, are we doing an action quote? Are we doing a comedy? Are we doing an insult? Um, So mine is actually a comedy insult quote. Okay. Uh, And so it's, it's a classic. I mean, anybody who was raised with movies, uh, in the nineties and that is Billy Madison. So going to be taking the part where he is doing the final, you know, uh, he's trying to graduate school and he does the big quiz thing at the end and he answers one of the questions and the game show host or whatever you want to call it. I think it was the principal maybe, or one of the teachers, um, responds to the answer of his question with this. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. 
At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> oh, that was a classic. Yeah, I always a enjoyed that no one. A simple no would have would have done it (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh uh it's a classic um mine this movie uh oscar actually got me thinking about it kind of indirectly um, because it comes from a character played by kurtwood smith nice and uh that's the one of my favorite movies which is robocop (laughs) so he plays clarence boddicker the um evil kind of like street gang drug lord um so at the beginning of the movie there's a part where officer murphy who becomes robocop um he gets attacked by these guys and um you know boddicker's saying all this stuff to him and there's a part where he pulls out a shotgun and he shoots murphy's hand off and while murphy's like laying on the ground like writhing in pain and Boddicker looks over at his one of his gang members and he says well, give the man a hand. <laughs> every time I hear that it makes me laugh it just man like the special effects of that movie it's pretty grotesque but just the sheer like coldness of that comment like joking around while he just blew some guy's hand off the shotgun just i don't know just like dark humor i guess (laughs) yeah you're messed up man (laughs) no just kidding (laughs) i I remember that so oh gosh so yeah um thanks for joining us this week uh next week we will be back on just like a regular topic not a movie review um and you know, like Caleb said, we'll slowly be transitioning over to our new name, which will be Rock Video Rental. Um, you know, it might be next week, might be the week after. Um, we're thinking probably next week. Yeah. Uh, so just, yeah, hopefully if everything goes well. Um, if not, you can still find us here. Um, you know, if you can't find the episode, look for it there. I'm sure, you know, we'll release something on. Know, social media in some kind of way so uh just a heads up to you guys uh and, you know until then i am brandon and he's caleb and this time it's personal Fortunatissima, la 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 la